Control Alt Delete with Miss Joel. Navigating your way through the social, local, and mobile tech talk on show 977. Eight minutes after seven o'clock. Oh, we've got you on two minutes early, Mitch. I hope that's okay. <laughs> I just made it under the wire. I'm here. <laughs> okay, good. What, what did you did you have to run to grab the phone? What happened? <laughs> Well, it's just two minutes early. I call oh, okay. I'm always early. So I'm, I'm okay. a big believer in uh, yeah. early is on time and on time is late. So, yeah. so I was there, but just a couple of, you know, that's it, it, it uh, shaved a little. It's all good. I used to, when I was uh, younger and uh, a little bit more carefree, I was I was always late. And later on in life, I changed that. Now I'm always early for everything. I think that's... Um, I, I don't know if that comes with age or I think it's just a, a, a kind gesture to make sure you're on time for things, don't you? I think being late is the ultimate sign of disrespect for everybody else. There you go. Well, nice you're to have you. not be harsh about it or anything. What are we, week nine, week eight, week 100? I don't even know anymore. We tried to do the count back here yesterday, and it wasn't pretty for us because for us it's been since the end of February. So okay. uh, it's uh, yeah. it's uh, it's still going. And look, we're set in a routine. We've got the routine. It's not the preferred routine, right? Um, but the the little glimpses of of, of hope are great here in. Uh, I live in Westmount. I know you were you were close to here. It's still are, I, I guess, kind of. But there's a great little cafe next to. Uh, Antonio Parks place on Victoria called Cafe Bazin because Mr. Bazin does the all the desserts for Park and they did open for takeout this weekend and I was very excited to walk down get some banana bread have my latte see Sebastian and, and uh, it was just great so it's nice to see those little glimmers of humanity coming back uh, as long as they're done safely which they do they push the counter all the way to the front door so you can't even get in but those little things help so much I gotta say. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Okay, let's um, we we've uh, well actually it was a Christmas present from you, our Google speaker, which is uh, in our kitchen, and we use it a, a, more than I thought we were going to use it. And everybody always asks me, "Aren't you afraid they're spying on you?" And I always say, "You know what? I got a phone. They're already spying on me. And if they want to listen to my boring conversations with Justin, then they they can." Um, and we've actually found it quite helpful, even for goofy stuff. You know, we were watching something yesterday, and it was uh, we were trying to figure out how old an actor or an actress was. And we, we just paused the movie we were watching and said, hey, Google. Whoops, I'm going to fire up the spooker, speaker again. Um, and asked how old this particular actor or actress was. You know, we use it for goofy stuff like that. We use it for temperature conversions and recipe measurements and all this, that stuff. And we're in a two-bedroom condo, so uh, we've got uh, one in, in the kitchen and, and one in the bedroom. Um, and I was fascinated by this story that you sent me about uh, where the most popular spot for your speaker is. Yeah, so I have a slide. Uh, back in the old days when I used to get up on stage and present in front of actual human beings, um, I have a slide where I show one of these smart speakers like right on the night table of one of the hotels that I was at for a conference. And you can sort of feel the sort of like, ooh, of the crowd. Like oh, That would be the first thing I would unplug if I walked into a hotel <laughs> would be a smart speaker in the, in, in the, right next to the bed. 
And, you know, when you start thinking about the usage and applications of these, I think what you're doing is definitely one entry into it. The other big entry into smart speakers is for home automation, telling it to turn on the lights, telling it to control the temperature, uh, to actually physically turn on any electronic devices or start, start the coffee maker or the TV. And so what we saw very recently is that voicebot.ai, which is really the sort of main voice of information for all these smart speakers, came out with a little piece of data very recently, I think it was actually on Friday, that said the bedroom is actually the most popular location for smart speakers. Hmm. And it is very, very close to the living room and the kitchen. It's just surprising when you look at it because the default would probably be exactly as you said, which would be kitchen, living room, living room, kitchen. Uh, so it has a very dom- – I would say it's a very almost equalized space. You're talking about like 45.5 to a 41 or 43 uh, surprisingly, after that also is the bathroom at 13.3. But again, if you have any form of automation or you want to listen to radio or podcast music while you're getting ready in the morning, all of these places make sense. Your second feeling is exactly accurate, too, which is the privacy concern. And what they're seeing in the data, and this is something I've talked about forever, ever, is that you know the privacy concerns are general, but they're not really specific. It's almost like people used to say, I'm not going to put my credit card on the Internet. Right. Of course, we sort of <laughs> figure out the ease of use of it. And what you're talking about, those examples of looking up an actor's date of birth, it's funny because you do have your phones right with you, but that yeah. ease of just saying it versus thumbing it into your phone makes it that much more accessible. So yeah. interesting to sort of note that suddenly we're in a place where the bedroom is one of the most popular places for your smart speaker. Now, what what is, you know, when, it, you know, as I said, it was a lovely Christmas gift from you a couple of years ago. Um, and I think that was the first thing I asked you, uh, Mitch, about uh, privacy concerns. Uh, you know, how deep are they? Are, I mean, you know, is the speaker, you know, listening to every single thing I say? It's definitely listening. It is listening. Is it a human? Is it a technology? Is it an AI? Is it listening to better understand your inferences to provide you better results? Is there someone at the other end with headphones taking notes on Terry DeMonte? I don't think so. Okay. Is it listening to better understand how to make this technology better and all that? Yes. Have they been accused of having small pockets of people actually analyzing actual voices? Yes. Has that been anonymized where they don't actually know whose voice it is? Yes. So I think that we have to sort of always be cautious of privacy and think about that as we access anything connected to an internet. But in general, I would say I, I sort of land more on the side of for the ease and what it gives me, I'm yeah. going to sacrifice some privacy. And that makes a lot of people who are very privacy conscious cringe. And I get it. It's fine. I just believe in the power of technology and innovation. And I'm okay with at current state what, what's happening. What it, will be interesting is after all this COVID-19 pandemic hopefully dies down is if we go back to hating on big tech and the privacy and all the hacking <laughs> stuff, because it right. seems like since the pandemic, we're all just back in love with everybody and happy to have Google and Facebook and YouTube and well, smart speakers in our lives. Listen, can you imagine what we'd be doing without the internet during this? I mean, it'd be a whole other kettle of fish, wouldn't it? But it's a very different conversation than you yeah. and I were having six months ago. Absolutely. Well, there are a lot of different conversations. You know, the things I said this, I think the first first day that I was back from uh, British Columbia and started broadcasting from my home, I think I said the very first morning, 
uh, some of the silly things that seem to matter uh, prior to the pandemic just don't anymore. Yeah, and we uh, look. This is a, a. It's interesting that I, what I feel is we're having this almost rehumanization. Yeah. Better connections, more voice, more more video, yeah. and at the same time, the sort of concern we had with tech and they're watching, they're spying has been. Well, okay, but thank you so much for letting me have this rehumanization. Right. Um, where do you keep your speakers? Have you got them all over the house? Yeah, I mean, you know, the primary use for for me has been primarily in the office, uh, and that's been in my physical office, not at home. But yes, at home I have one in my home office, one in the living room. We don't use it all that much, only because at home we do tend to shy away in general from technology. Hmm. So it's sort of a, we use technology more as a destination than an, than a sort of something that's ambient and always there. Gotcha. Okay. Um, let's uh, move on to Shopify because this is uh, quite a story. Actually, earlier this morning, I don't know if this has anything to do with Shopify. Um, I uh, was uh, really excited to find out that Joe Beef is uh, going to do some takeout stuff from Tuesday to Saturday. You have to order it in advance. And I was on uh, Joe Beef's Instagram account this morning, and when you click on the link, it's joebeefshop.myshopify.com, and I wondered if it was connected. I don't know if you know the answer to that question, but it, I thought it was a, a good way to start talking about Shopify and what a success story it is. Yeah, I think based off of that uh, web address, that URL, that it definitely sounds like he's doing it on Shopify. I know that many people who are handling these sort of phone orders and email orders are hopping right over to Shopify. Shopify is an Ottawa-based company that built a very powerful and mostly cheap for the average person. There's a sort of Shopify Plus if you're more of an enterprise or bigger company that enables you to basically have the most robust e-commerce or online ordering platform in the world. So even if you're looking to sell, you know, uh, locally, a lot of people are now selling, for example, the masks. A lot of them are, are, are mo- in fact, most are building on Shopify because it's one of the only places you can really do that. It's your own site. It's your own experience. They just really handle underneath it the shopping cart, the hosting, and some of the applications to make it easy for you to handle the commerce. And when we talk about it, people go, Shopify, yeah, I've heard of it, or Shopify, I've heard about that stock. What they may not know is that it is Ottawa-based. Uh, their chief operating officer and one of the first people in it was, Har- or is Harley Finkelstein, is a young Montrealer from here who moved over to Ottawa and started selling T-shirts online and then moved into Shopify. Harley and I have been friends for, I think, 15 years. In fact, I had him as a guest for the first time ever last Sunday on my podcast, which was a long, hour-long conversation about it. But it's amazing to just think about what is going on with this business today and what a great business can look like during a pandemic. Their stock has surged over 65% just in April. So they're beating Zoom. Over the last year, it's done over 190% growth since last year. Their valuation, just to put it in perspective, is over $100 billion. And it became the second largest company in Canada by market cap right behind RBC. And by the way, it's nipping at RBC's heels. Uh, that doesn't mean that the stock isn't drunk and needs to go home. That doesn't mean that the, uh, that the multiple on the stock is beyond reason. It just means that it is doing very, very well. Uh, so people say, like, well, how big of a company is it? Like right now, they're basically double the size of eBay. And and from your David McMillans up to your Adidas and whoever else, they support right now, their platform is being used by over one million merchants, which is wow. beyond reason to think about. 
And just recently, uh, they were saying that the volume, because of the pandemic, from all of their merches is equivalent every day to a Black Friday. Unbelievable. And your app... Now, now uh, cra- go ahead. Sorry, just one, one thing. The crazy thing about all of this is that if you look at what e-commerce is in our world of commerce, it's a bit below 15% of all commerce still. So just imagine what happens. And I think the pandemic is going to be one of those things where it really pushes the use of e-commerce forward. We have a lot of elderly people ordering their groceries online, people doing it more for the younger kids. So I think it's going to be a big, a big push. And your app of the week ties in. Yeah, I mean, again, I just think that they make all the great moves, not just because they're friends of mine, but I just think they're great. They launched an app last week called Shop which is their new mobile app. So it's a purely mobile application that gives you a great shopping experience that's just basically a massive marketplace for all of their merchants to go in and sell. What I like most about this is as you start selecting, it'll show you where you are locally, which merchants are actually selling in your area, and which of them have the capacity to deliver. So it really gives you a feel for the things you could order. But I just thought Again, marketplaces are a hot thing, and Shopify keeps building great marketplaces. And again, a free app, it's called Shop. If you want to really source more local and more smaller entrepreneurs, that's your opportunity. Great local stuff. Thanks so much, Mitch. Stay safe, stay healthy. We'll talk next week. Next Monday. Thanks, Terry. All right. See you later, Mitch.